Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. This is Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian, and I am here today with a couple of people to talk about uh, the use of drones, especially in mining and geosciences. Uh, Court and Amy, morning. How, how are you two today? Good morning. We're great. Yeah, doing great, Brian. It's a pleasure to be here and talk to you about this. Oh, thanks. Thanks. It's going to be educational for me, so I'm looking forward to this. And uh, this is being recorded during the, the COVID pandemic, and I hope that both of you are surviving it well enough. Yes, yeah. so. we're, yeah. safe. we're just just barely starting to uh, come back into the office and uh, do our here. So. Yeah. Okay. So well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Amy, your background, and and how you got to be where you are. Well, um, my name is, for those that don't know, my name is Amy Wolsey and I'm the CEO of Ground-Based Systems. Um, my background is in, uh, actually it's kind of eclectic. Um, my, I have degrees in chemistry, art, and English. And uh, so I, I started in the uh, automation space in the pharmaceutical realm back in 2000 and kind of had businesses and um, other things that I've been doing through the years. How I got into uh, unmanned aerial systems is because of the photogrammetry. Um, it's, it's a very, it's, it's a great tool to, um, for you know, 3D modeling and stuff like that. Um, and it's, uh, it's just been a really um, great technology to uh, to learn about and get into. It's a good creative space for practical applications and solutions. Um, so that's kind of where I kind of get into it. Um, yeah, there's definitely a need for this um, this new innovation, um, and there's some nuances to. Um, using drones in any operation and so um, I think we looked at that as um, as something that was marketable um, in, in that in typical situations right now people want to have a drone um, and they also want to be the pilot um, but there are a few things in between that um, very few people want to address or can address. Um, and, and those are, you know, your program management, your safety management system, developing SOPs. Um, and, and that's really where we come in. We have the, uh, the whole UAS program solution uh, with, the S with the SOPs. We have a safety management system integrated into it not only helps with safety, but for the engineers and for those that are interested in the data, that organizational framework um, allows you to standardize the flights and that gives you some great consistent and reliable data. Yeah. 
And I think, Amy, with, with your background um, doing traffic management systems uh, for the DOD uh, for a time, uh, that helps to add insight to uh, what we're trying to do in the UAS space. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And, it, and so my primary focus is mining and I've, I've got a potential client in Laos and he wants me to come visit him. And right now during the pandemic, it's almost impossible for international travel to anywhere. And there's only a few countries that are even allowing Americans in. And so I've asked him, what about just taking some drone footage for me? And he said, there are drones on site. Um, so it's, it's maybe not the best thing. It's boots on the ground in this particular case where they've got some issues with waste management storage. It, it'd be better for me to have my eyeballs on it, but certainly uh, something like a drone would be really beneficial for, for me in a situation like this. Better than still photographs from stationary positions, for example. Yeah, and so... We've seen that in our in our situation where we've worked with uh, primarily in the first uh, first year of, of organization, which was last year, we were uh, reaching out to civil engineering surveying groups, and we uh, we we were able to help a, a group um, develop a drone program, and they had a uh, project that was going to be. Um, clear out in the West Desert, right there on the Utah-Nevada border. Um, not ideal for a group of engineers to um, go out every week um, and to inspect, you know, the work and inspect uh, the the activity there. Um, and so we helped them set up a plan on how to, uh, you know, how, how to develop something where they could fly regularly, where they'd have the surveyor that was out there doing the routine work and be able to process that um, efficiently in, in, in a cloud space, uh, in a virtual space, and then project that to the engineers back at the office. And it worked really seamlessly uh, just because of the available technology. Yeah, usually when I think of drones, I think of a limited number of applications. I think of aerial photography, I think of survey, and then I know there's some other, like infrared, I believe, if you're looking for moisture especially, I think is, is useful. But that's my limited exposure to, to the drone possibilities. What other type of applications have you utilized or do you foresee coming in the future? So um, to give you a little bit of background from where I come from, it's, it is the mining space. Um, I, I did do work as, as in civil engineering, um, surveyor by trade, and um, got into the mining space, worked there for about 10 years, and for that, four of those years were in geotechnical monitoring. Um, we were integrating a lot of different sensors and, and uh, geotechnical monitoring equipment. And part of that was to integrate uh, UAS in, into that, or drones into that, uh, into that system. And so one thing that we found early on is just that there's times when you just want to go up and see the activity. You just want to see, 
you know, maybe measuring the expansion of the scarp or the tension cracks behind a failure. Um, and uh, you can be pretty sure where your, where your scarp is, where, where you're um, safe to stand and examine those. But just to add another layer of safety onto that, um, why not stand back far enough to where you know you're in a safe space and, and fly to the edge of that failure and um, you know, maybe even see things that you wouldn't be able to see just by standing on the ledge or um, trying to look with uh, binoculars or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's a real good idea. And I did have a project in the past where a sinkhole opened up and people were deathly afraid of approaching that thing because they didn't know where that there might be an overhang. And we, we talked about, can somebody just put their cell phone on a rope and, and do anything? And a drone would have been awesome for that. Probably could have even flown down inside. Yeah, so, um, so there's applications for that as well. You can not even, not just visualize it, but you can, you know, set up a, a flight plan where it will take the pictures and um, use the photogrammetry principles to uh, develop a 3D model that you can actually measure those things off of. And yes, there are other products that have been designed to be in um, GPS deprived areas, uh, enclosed spaces, uh, underground mining activity, uh, things like that. Um, so all those products are there and available right now. Um, I think the key to that though is to define how you're going to do that and you want to do that consistently and when you and when you do it consistently um, you you make sure that you know you're 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 reliable and you're accurate in your data um, when you define your program um, so yeah there there's there's a myriad of ways to do that um, one thing that we're really focused on right now that we're really excited about is um, a system that's fully automated. Um, and so it holds itself in a ruggedized uh, housing. It can launch and fly a mission and come back and land it, change its own battery. And so you can set that up for a routine mission every, you know, every hour or you can uh, you know, just have different areas that it visits over a period of time. What that does, that, that system with the, ruggedized, um, with the ruggedized housing, is it allows for persistent aerial operations, yeah. which is important in you know, critical monitoring. Yeah. So, so that's what we're expanding to, but yes, there are, there's the, you, you know, if, if you can think of it, it's probably being done. And if it's not, we can probably define it and get it done in, in, in a certain manner. So the, the, you could use this for surveillance of, of um, landforms or detection of, of um, people or animals? Yeah, so if, if you want to um, add that to the system, um, the, the UAS, portion is the foundation of this monitoring system and primarily they've been using it in security applications but uh, they do have ground radar they have the ability to uh, plug into in a, 
into other sensors, remote sensors, and it's a, it's, it's a very open platform. So um, in the security uh, setting, you have these uh, ground monitoring radar that can um, detect movement of a person or a vehicle into a campus. Um, it wouldn't be that hard to translate that to a rolling rock or a moving material, something like that. And then, um, you know, with the way that geotechnical monitoring technology has already gone, uh, with all of the systems, shape arrays, zometers, um, different downhole uh, sensors, you could almost, um, it complements everything that you're everything that you're trying to do in that regard and allows you to bring those systems and those sensors in and so yeah say if you had some rock fall and there you had a, um, a radar system watching that it could easily alert the drone whether the drone is already flying in a manner that would that's monitoring um, or if it's you know, or stationary at its base, it could alert the drone and that drone will go to that location and look for the movement. And the way the system is set up already is that the, the drone can actually acquire the movement in its viewfinder as well and follow um, whatever's moving. So, We've get, been given an opportunity to introduce this to the geotechnical and mining space. Um, and so this is all very preliminary, but it's uh, very applicable and possible. Yeah, it's, it's almost to the point where if somebody comes up to you and says, I, I need to do you know X, Y, and Z, you just say, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. We, we don't have that right now, but we can certainly make it happen yeah and that's where the nuances of, of using UAS on a site come in um, because every flight that occurs in national airspace has to be piloted um, it has to be piloted by a certified and competent pilot and so this system has a pilot on hand available to monitor the flight, um, it's done beyond visual line of sight, so you're not seeing the you're not seeing the drone um, fly, other than the sensors and the things that are monitoring it during the flight. But uh, we help um, groups to set up that certification, that waiver that they can get, um, so the FAA will allow them to fly beyond visual line of sight of their drones. Um, and so there's that and then also just uh, defining how you set up your flight plans who who uh, who authorizes those flight plans um, you know there's a lot of different uh, components to just getting from the flight request to the flight but if you, and making sure the correct hardware is being used the yeah. correct drone for the correct oh yeah yeah, yeah. So, so we, we can kind of streamline that uh, so that those requests can come in quickly, be analyzed and be um, issued quickly, um, making sure that we you know, do our risk assessments and we uh, understand what we're, what we're flying. 
Well, give me an example of something that is beyond what I would normally think a drone is capable of doing. Some some example that is is a pushes the envelope, I suppose. Um, well, I think I think what we've been talking about here that pushes the envelope. So let's let's take it down below ground. Um, there are systems that will fly uh, underground, and let's say you have a tunnel, you have an adit, um, maybe a, a, um, a conveyor tunnel that uh, has a geo geotechnical feature in it that yeah. activates. And as soon as that activates, of course, nobody can go in there. It's off limits. What do you do? How do you get visualization of that? So you would um, take a drone system that's designed to fly underground and you can fly and map that routinely um, and get 3D models of of what you're seeing in that tunnel, the activity in that tunnel. Yeah, that's great. And, and obviously you don't need good air quality for a drone where for a person you do. So that might be another potential use. Yeah, and, and the drone is just a vehicle for whatever sensor you are using. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you wanted to put something, an air quality monitor on that, it would be very easy to go in and um, you know, analyze if, if it's even breathable in, in those regions as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So what, are the, what do you think the future holds for, for the drones? What future applications or technologies do you see coming up? Well, I've always thought that drones are just as pivotal as the introduction of GPS was in the industry. Mm. So we started using GPS for surveying, and I think we thought it would be limited to certain types of surveying. Yeah. And as time's gone on, we've seen this myriad of applications for GPS. And I think that um, drones are, are just another tool in the toolbox. And right now, um, we're just kind of defining and refining how we use those. And I think um, understanding how a drone operates and what kind of sensors you can put on it. It's, uh, I think as Amy was saying earlier, it's a creative space. It's a very creative space. Um, so whatever you can think of is possible um, in, in the sense that, you know, maybe there's an area where you want to do some, you know, analyzing of radio waves through an area. You could put a sensor that uh, picks up those and, and maps those out for you. Um, so I think where we see drones being used is pretty much everywhere, with everyone, where it's applicable. Now everybody knows the popular ones, uh, you know, the flying car and the drone delivery. Uh, those are those are really common. But for those that want data, um, there's a whole lot of data-rich applications and. Right now, the, the fun thing is that we have, like Court said, the different sensors and uh, 
So it really is kind of, you can cobble your own solution, you know, once you know the, once you know what deliverable you want, and then, you know, you know what sensor you need. A lot of times, sometimes we can help that missing link between, you know, what drone you want to use, how you want to fly it, um, what airspace authorizations you need. Yeah, so I think the first question we ask when we start to talk to somebody about integrating drones is, <clears throat> how do you want to scale this? Where do you see it going? How, how many drones do you plan on using? How, how, how far do you want to take this into your company? And then what are your deliverables? What are your current deliverables? How are you acquiring those deliverables? Are you using laser scanners? You know, are you using uh, survey methods? Um, are you using uh, robotic total stations? What's your what's your uh, current um, what's the current way that you're getting your deliverables? And then we can help you see how drones can give you those deliverables quicker, uh, safer, um, and maybe even have a more rich data set. And so I think that's where we go from there. And so it's really a creative space. It's it's up to your imagination and knowing your science, knowing the physics behind where your data is coming from and how you're getting it. And staying on top of the latest technology. That's, that's also important. And we yeah. really try to stay on top of is not only the technology that we're using right now, but what are we going to be using in the next five to 10 years? Mm. That's really yeah. what we yeah. eye on and try. Right. Of. right. So, so what's your bread and butter? Is it surveying? Right now, yeah. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. It is. Um, I, I think security is a very aggressive moving market right now for UAS. Engineering, construction, and surveying is, is kind of second to that. Yeah. I had a friend in South Africa who was a helicopter pilot, and he'd always go out on the LIDAR surveys. And this was uh, 20 years ago. So today you you can eliminate that helicopter pilot plus whoever was in the vehicle with him. So you can reduce those expenses a, a lot, or even just a fixed wing aircraft. Yeah, the so must, smaller as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it must be far more economical than it was 10 or 20 years ago. Yeah, just in the risk space alone. Yeah. It's just your risk of not having you know, one or two people in the air that could possibly crash. Yeah. Well, one of the nice things about uh, aerial photography from fixed-wing aircraft is they give you these things called stereo pairs. And you can look at these stereo pairs. They're just offset a little bit. You look at them through some special glasses and you can see it in three dimensions. Have you ever come across something like that with your drone? Well, I think um, where that technology is going is you've got augmented reality. Ah, uh, yeah. So, it, uh, yeah, those stereo pairs were really exciting to, to use. You know, you can, you can put down a, a map on the table or, or whatever and really get a feel for what you're looking at the structure. <laughs> Right. Is it a valley or a ridge? Right. Sometimes right. it's hard to tell just looking at a 2D photograph. Right. And so now we can digitize that mm -hmm. and put it in, into into a server that uh, 
projects it as a, a digital surface and with I've, I've experienced this where you have some glasses you put on that project that image in front of you and you can be in a room uh, out in the field standing on the edge of a mine and project that image in place um, and see it you know even overlaid onto the real structure or the real um, real surface that you're <laughs> and so yeah from from the office out, even out to the field, um, augmented this augmented reality technology is is definitely um, changing that game as well. Um, and, and you're able to give voice commands to these um, these systems, or even use your hands in front of the, the glasses to. Yeah. So you you, you you can actually travel through this thing. Uh, like like you're flying through it or whatever yeah 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 so um there's some groups that uh have done some amazing underground modeling um and hmm. just imagine um getting getting to a stoke that you you know that, that transitions into a shaft and you, you just there's no way for you to go down there without risking anything. yeah then the yeah. drone from there you were able to see everything Take it back to the office. Um, either look at it on your on your uh, laptop or bring it up in an augmented reality. Uh, yeah, and be able to almost walk through that whole mine. Right, right, right. No, it's uh, very cool. Very cool. We're kind of coming up on the the clock here, but maybe you've got a success story or a specific project that can demonstrate something. Uh, unusual or especially rewarding. Well, I, I think the I think the success story. I think you mentioned it earlier. Um, we were doing a demonstration of that devil slide. Um, whereas that structure, it stands at about eight hundred, a little over eight hundred feet tall, and it's it's on a pretty high slope. Um, and it's an interesting geological feature. You have, um, you know, you have those bedding planes that are almost vertical, and then you have this fault line that's running straight through it. And you can see that that fault has has progressed over time. There's some, some shearing points, but that that section is halfway up, so it's 400 feet up there. Uh, nowhere. Uh, there's really no way to get up into that area without, uh, you know, wearing a harness and having, you know, uh, climbing gear or whatever. So I was able to, with the drone, um, lay out my plan, fly that um, manually and incrementally going up, uh, maintaining about 200 feet above each section of the slope. Um, I was able to kind of crosshatch over that and reach that height. And so at the top of my flight, I'm at a thousand feet above ground level. However, I'm only, I'm a thousand feet above my location. However, I'm only 200 feet above ground level uh, on, on the ground. And that's a key um, element to flying UAS. You don't fly over 400 feet above the ground. And so I was able to do a cross hatch, go up and back down, 
And, um, and while that drone was landing and I was packing it back up, that data was being immediately transferred to the Cloudway server. And I was able to drive home, which was about an hour's time. And by the time I got home, the model was developed. Um, and I just was able to do some fine tuning and get that structure um, to where I could uh, use it in whatever manner I, I need to. But that's a success story there. Yeah, and, and I know that one resides on your company LinkedIn page. And it, it is a really cool, uh, I don't know if you call it a video or animation or, or what, but this is one of the cases where it's actually better than boots on the ground because like you say, if, unless you have technical climbing gear, you're not going to be scampering over this thing. And, and to be able to see the definition in that video to me is better than actually being there. Yeah. And I think the day-to-day -day successes for um, some of our clients that do survey work on construction sites is that they have the ability to take that drone with them out to a site say it's a, a large warehouse or something like that where there's um, critical measurements that need to be done for footings and for the iron work that's going to be going up on those footings and <clears throat> to be a communication tool they can fly that every single week and it just it on average takes about 15 or 20 minutes to to do a flight and they can fly that each week and 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 share with the the contractor or the engineers the progression that's occurring on site and it really creates a good communication tool um, for the surveyors so on a on a weekly success rate um, i think that's where we uh, we sit with some of our clients okay no it's very cool very cool so if somebody wanted to reach out to you, what, um, can you tell us your company web address? Um, our company web address is uh, groundbaseuav.com. And uh, we're also on LinkedIn. Um, Courtly Mon is on LinkedIn, Amy Woolsey's on LinkedIn. And, uh, and then our phone number, um, we have a couple of them. Uh, I can be reached at 360-635-2842. Yeah, my phone number is 435-849-5150. Um, but yeah, we, we do a lot of our sourcing through LinkedIn. Um, and uh, we, we love the conversation. This is just a creative space right now. We love the conversation about uh, using drones in whatever manner. And sensors. Yeah. And, and applying those two things to, uh, to help people come up with um, just good, safe, reliable um, solutions for what, whatever, whatever they, they want to do and whatever they envision they want to do. We want to be able to help them do it. Yeah, that's, that's terrific. And I'll, I'll put that contact information in the show notes of, for this uh, episode. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. Well, anything else before we say goodbye? Um, I think just uh, everybody be mindful of trying to be safe and um, do it, getting our our jobs done. Um, you know, in, in these, you know, in the situation where we're at, and uh, th there's always something to watch out for. So. Yeah, that's for sure. 
to That's speak. That's for sure. We do. Well, Court and Amy, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you making me a little bit smarter today. Thank you for having it's, us. It's a pleasure to talk to you, Mark. Yeah, all right. Thanks and hope you have a great day. You too. Okay, thank all right. You. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rockin'.